Welcome to the Property Management Mastermind Show with your host, Brad Larson. Brad owns one of the fastest growing property management companies in San Antonio, Texas. This podcast is for property managers by property managers. You'll hear from industry leading professionals on best practices, new ideas, success stories, and lessons learned. This is your opportunity to learn about the latest industry buzz surrounding property management, as well as tips and strategies to improve your business. Hey everybody, this is Brad Larson. I want to talk to you about a new podcast out there that I would highly recommend called 300 to 3000, How to Grow Your Property Management Company to Scale. One of the hosts is Matthew Whitaker. He's a good friend of mine. I've visited their operation and I really truly respect what GK Houses has done and they are still doing. They are an experts at growing at a fast scale into a large scale business. So expect to hear the real world truth about all the mistakes the company has made growing into it and all the good things they're doing. Again, go to 300to3000.com, that's our website, and catch them on iTunes, Spotify, and or Stitcher. Look forward to hearing from good things from those guys. Take care. 86% of millennials and over 60% of baby boomers in a recent study said smart home is an amenity they're willing to pay more for. The ease of use and energy savings that comes with a smart home pay for themselves, while also increasing property managers' revenue. Point Central provides services like unattended showings, secure access, and HVAC control, while also providing value to your residents through smart automation. Request a free demo today. Call us at 888-532-3032 or visit pointcentral.com. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Property Management Mastermind Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Larson, and today I have three distinct guests, and we're going to be talking about the manager's roundtable. So what that is, is we identified a need in the industry for masterminding, and it's a lot easier said than done as far as the execution side of it, because it can be difficult to create a system to bring in all the cats, like you're herding kittens. You know, you have all these different people different time zones, different platforms, different wants, different needs, different levels in their business. And so we created a platform called Manager's Roundtable. And Becca Merriquin, she does all of the work behind the scenes to organize it. And we put together facilitators. The facilitators come in and they organize the groups and they go through a checklist of items that they want to talk about in a group format twice a month. And so it's been a really good first six months. And so this episode, we're going to be talking to three participants of the manager's roundtable and going through some details of kind of what they learned and how it worked for them and just kind of get a feel for what we can potentially improve on and making that a better system. But clearly we identified this as a need. Uh, Everybody wants this. And so I'm thinking it's now a really good time to reintroduce this to the, the group out here to let them know, hey, this is out there. It works. And we've got three participants that are ready to kind of talk through it. So I'm going to introduce the three. We have David Pruitt, Karen Jordan, and Brian Felt. And so I'm going to give each one of you an an opportunity to introduce yourself, just kind of give us a a brief overview of where you are and kind of the scope of your business. And this will give us an idea of kind of where we're going with this conversation. So David, I'm going left to right in my screen. Can you introduce yourself quickly and and go from there? Yeah. uh, So as Brad said, my name is Dave Pruitt. I am from Phoenix, Arizona. Um, We kind of have a hybrid model when it comes to management. Uh, We manage nearly 500 uh, single family homes for our own investors. And then we also handle oversight. And I would guess, you know, for us, we would call it trust account management for the 3,500 properties. Um, that's about 142 
agents that manage that portfolio. Um, it's kind of like your onesie twosie managers all the way up to people that have, you know, a hundred uh, to 200 door portfolio. So we handle both of that um, as well as, you know, doing a pretty high volume in our market when it comes to sales. Great stuff. Now, which group were you in? Who had, who was your facilitator? Yeah. So I had Scott Brady, um, actually Brian and I, uh, who's also on this with us, we both were in the same group. So we really enjoyed that. Okay, great. So I'm going to go down in order here. Karen, please introduce yourself, please. Good morning. I am Karen Jordan and I am out of California, Northern California. And we manage single family residents. About 300 doors is what we have now. Um, again, just kind of within, I would say, a 20 mile radius from where we are located. And um, I absolutely think that this has been an absolutely great opportunity for us. We are looking for growth, but not door growth, but we were looking more at how to do our profit growth. And this has been amazing for us. And I was in Deb's group, Deb Newell. Great stuff. Brian Felt, go ahead. Yes, sir. Brian Felt, I'm here in San Antonio. I get to share a market with Brad. So pray for me. Uh, 180 doors, single family, and a 116. We have 16 to 20 multifamily doors. I've been here for about five years doing this. I was in Scott Brady's group along with Dave and had a blast. I learned a whole lot more about running the business than just growing doors. Yeah, it's fantastic. And so a couple of things, you know, Brian and I always share ideas here in the San Antonio market. Uh, one of the latest things we were working on was the no security deposit option. You know, do you use a certain vendor? Do you self-insure? We're going back and forth. Uh, we might have a solution, Brian, that we'll have to talk through. You know, we've been just on that topic since I brought it up inadvertently. Uh, we've been using Obligo for a couple of years and it's worked out pretty well. But there's other options out there that I'm kind of looking at. So the interesting thing about Brian, he's a former San Antonio police detective, police officer, excuse me, police officer. Mm -hmm. So if you need any more reason to hate him, there it is right there. <laughs> Unless you get a speeding ticket, then you'll be calling me. <laughs> exactly right. All right, gang, so let's talk through some of this. So clearly the small group concept works. We see a lot of this in the industry where small groups are getting together. They create their own mastermind and they meet once a week, once a month. They might even go to their own offices and share ideas. But the concept of it, boiling it down, of sharing ideas across markets is true and sound. And Karen, as you mentioned, one of your goals was not so much necessarily growing indoors, that may be a side effect of doing things right, but growing the revenue by being able to understand where things and opportunities lie. And when you go into a small group, you, can, you, can, you guys walked in with goals. That was one of the things that we helped you do is, okay, why are you wanting to be in this small group scenario? What are your main objectives? What are your main goals? And one of Karen's may have been to grow the revenue. And that's going to be a target for the facilitator. So Deb Newell and Scott Brady are a couple of our, of our facilitators, and they specifically target that in the group of only, you know, between six to eight people. We had, you know, a couple fall out with some family stuff going on, but you completed the six month iteration. And so in talking about all this, I want to kind of get some ideas on what your major favorite takeaways were, kind of putting you on the spot a little bit, because I do think that's going to kind of entice people to say, wow, okay, I, if you set a goal in the beginning, and then you talk through it for you know, 12 weeks, 18 weeks, then you get to a point where like, you know what, from start to finish, I improved my business, and it's a quantifiable improvement. And when we created the itinerary and the outline for the 
for the facilitators to use in this property management mastermind manager roundtable format, uh, we went that whole route of like setting goals, talking through the goals, implementing the goals, and then tracking and using KPIs to make sure those goals are being met. So going around the horn, I want to start with Dave. So Dave, give me just a one or two impressive takeaways that are just, you're so happy you got into it and that you could tell anybody, so this is the one thing I learned. I think everybody should get into it. Yeah, I mean, uh, gosh, there was a lot, but just to kind of hit it on a higher level, we uh, one of the biggest things we implemented was um, a resident benefits package. And so being able to sort of go through um, not only talking that those points over with our fellow managers and then our facilitator and Scott, um, you know, just being able to go to each other's web pages. So like one of the first things Becca did was send out every single manager's web page. And, and Brian knows this, so I don't have any problem, you know, owning up to it. But I went to his page right off the bat and was super impressed. Um, a lot of what he was doing was, was thoughts that I had in my mind, but I really couldn't find a way to execute it. And so going to Brian's page and then being able to talk through some of um, the, the whys behind he did what he did or does what he does really helped just solidify where I wanted to go. And so we borrowed, if you will, um, a lot of what Brian you know, did on that side of things. I thought it was genius. Um, it helped us just reinforce what we wanted to do. So that was the first thing. Um, second thing that I, I did, again, I could, I could talk all day on other stuff, but the other item was um, Scott talked about an owner's handbook or an owner's manual. Um, it was something that he did or that he does, you know, um, as part of the onboarding process, in addition to a property management agreement. It was basically like a plain English document that you send out to your owners that basically says, here's what we do and, and, and the why behind it. Um, so we implemented that as well. Um, so we had to send out whole new management agreements um, in the last 30 days to all of our clients, implementing that owner's manual as well. I just wanted it all to be a one-stop shop. So there was no questions. There was no issues down the road. And again, a game changer for us on both of those items. So a couple of things there I want to talk about too. And the resident benefits package, that's been one of the buzzwords of the industry. Uh, that's something everybody would want to look into with the foundation of that being good insurance. You know, that could be good tenant liability insurance, renters insurance, whatever. We don't want to make this an episode about the resident benefits package, but I can tell you it, it's out there. And if you just kind of share with other folks or look to other folks in the industry, you can, you can gather the information you need and then implement it yourself. Now, Dave, what was the second thing you talked about with, with uh, your lessons learned? Uh, the owner's manual. That's right. The owner's manual. I'm going to make a comment on that. So anytime, you know, what we do is anytime we need to change a policy or up a fee, lower a fee, adjust a fee, or, or create some sort of, you know, new policy, we just update our owner's state, our owner's handbook. And so here's the lesson is you tie your property management agreement into your owner's handbook. So if you need to update anything, you can give them a 60 day notice, update your owner's handbook, and put that out with a new policy or new whatever you're going to do. So, for example, we did this just recently. Uh, we created a, a new uh, organizational type of a fee structure, and this was just for the owners. And so, when we put it out to all the existing owners, we updated the handbook, and then we put out an email notice to the owners, say, effective, this was on 1 March, effective 1 May, all this is going to go into effect. Now, of course, you're going to have the owners that won't read that. You're going to have to deal with that. But uh, that's a great way to effectively update your management agreements without uh, <laughs> updating your management agreements. Because you know the pain of going to get you know, X number hundred of new management agreements from your owners is just, it's overwhelming. 
and then you get the owners that just won't sign. So it's just, this is a good technique and I'm glad you picked it up, Dave, because that's, that's a fantastic way to, to uh, update new policies every year. And so another thing I'd recommend on that is make it a routine to where you're sending out a new owner's handbook on the 1st of January. So you can do some marketing on this in December of every year. And the 1st of January, you send out a new handbook to all the owners just every year. I mean, even if you tweak just one or two things or nothing, it's good to give them an update. So they're used to those updates, right? And, and I think that's a good policy to, to handle. So Dave, great stuff. Now, Karen, transitioning to you, let's kind of talk a little bit about maybe one or two of your lessons learned and see kind of, kind of what we have from there. Go ahead. Yeah. So with Deb, I think she started off with really challenging us on where we were. Did we know our own business? Did we know where we stood in our market? And uh, challenged us to uh, do some you know, research on benchmarking where our competitors were and what kind of services we offered. Um, so that was a really good eye-opening to see where we were. Because I think we kind of run our day-to-day -day and we're like, well, I don't know what everybody else is doing. Are we different? Are we offering different services? So she challenged us to do that. And that was really, really amazing because it kind of, and it was in writing. It was black and white. Here's what your competitors are doing and here's what you're doing. So that was a really good kind of opening to figure out what should we implement going forward. Um, the other thing uh, that me, I found- Let me interject there. Let me interject so we can talk mm -hmm. about that because this is really cool stuff, the secret shopper technique. And so I would recommend this to anybody. And I'm glad Deb uh, got you into doing this because you'll start to realize what's out there in your marketplace and start to realize, well, hey, I need to be doing similar things or I could be doing better things or because we're doing different things, we're better and we can market ourselves differently in a different way. But knowing your competition is critical. And I would recommend you do this again annually just like you want to update your owner's handbook, you want to update your secret shopper information on an annual basis. So for example, in our annual planning meeting here early January, we were wondering if our application fee was correct. Like we didn't know if the, what we charged was like market specific or because we hadn't changed it in three, four years. And so one of my accounting ladies, Lainey, did a quick secret shopper of all the MLS, of all the people out there charging an application fee, and we left it the same. Okay, we, we left it alone. But we knew because we did the secret shopper that we were within line. But my point being is you get into business and you start to forget about these things. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, three, four, five years later, go by and your application fee, for example, this could be anything you're doing in the business. Your application fee is, is super low where your competition is not now starting to charge something way higher than that. And you're like, whoa, I, I'm missing out. Think of all the revenue you can miss out on application fees if you're not within line of your market which is why you got to do the secret shopper. It's so critical. I'm very cool. Very glad you, you uh, did, did that. Now, I want to ask you a specific question about the secret shopper. What did you discover in your marketplace that made you potentially change what you're doing? Maintenance. So a lot of our competitors do not have a maintenance system. They don't have a property meld. They don't have uh, easy repair. They don't have the tools that we, as in NARPM, have been exposed to these amazing vendors. They don't know that. They don't participate. They don't have a system. How, how quickly? One of the questions for the, um, the secret shopper was, how quickly is a work order responded to? There was no answer. They didn't have an answer. Where we could say very clearly on our metrics with MELD, how quickly we could, we could turn around a work order. So that was huge. And I was really proud of my team. Bro. Like We got that down. So now, the, now, did they help you with the secret shopper format and some of the questions mm -hmm. and some of the... Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's cool because they, they basically gave you an outline of, because, you know, I, you know, we always talk about this. 
go to a secret shopper. Then you're like, I don't know how. What? How, how do you do that? Where do you start? Who does it for you? Where do you track the information? What questions do you ask? So apparently they helped you with that. Is that correct? That was good. Yeah. And it was so funny. They actually secret shot me. So they tested me. So I was on the um, the report as how I compared to everybody else. Um, so I got good grades. So it was a it was a really good good experience. I really love that Deb had us kind of start with that because it then opened up to the other goals we had. Right. So for us, a lot of in our group were profit. How are we growing our company? And so comparing those numbers and figuring out where we needed to do. The second thing Deb had us do expenses. We are now challenged to review our expenses once a quarter. So that was a huge, huge thing for us is those little tiny things, um, bomb bomb, you know, $89 a month for bomb bomb. Do you use it? Is it worth it? Little, little expenses that are charged monthly that you don't remember that they're there. So she has us reviewing those on a quarterly basis. So that was yeah, there, a big a, takeaway. There's, there's a term for that called subscription fatigue. And if you don't do that quarterly or annually, you'll look at your, your statements in your bank account and you're like, what is this $1 charge or $5 charge and $89 charge? And you're like, why do I have these? Oh yeah, it's because I signed up for some stupid app that I never use, right? I think a lot of us have gotten into that, you know, whether it's Pandora or something that you just never use, you know what I mean? Where if you don't pay attention to it, it'll just kind of eat your lunch as you go. But great point you made about BombBomb is just specifically because you may look at that $89 charge and say, Oh, that's right. We're we're paying for bomb bomb, but we're not using it enough. Why aren't we using it enough? And you look at your whole system and say, you know what, we need to be using it here, here, and here, because you know, we implemented it, but we kind of forgot about it. All of us have done that. All of us have done that. This show is sponsored by the best home inspection software on the market for property managers. We endorse and use Z Inspector as our software of choice for our team to document home inspections. We particularly like their 360 degrees camera system that produces amazing views of the interior room. Your clients will love Z Inspector documented inspections you provide them. Visit www.zinspector.com to learn more. So any other lessons learned you want to chat on here real quick? Um, the other one that she had us do is really challenging, especially with the pandemic going on and the communication, how we communicate to our owners. So Deb challenged us to host a owner Zoom call. That was scary. Like invite all your owners to one Zoom meeting. Um, and we, I did it. And it was, it was, it was nerve wracking, but I had my whole team on the, on the call and we all kind of had a part of what we shared and it was a hit. Our owners could not stop talking about it, how grateful they were, how they really, um, nobody else has been giving them updates like we do. So again, that's something now I'm implementing once a quarter to do this update to the, all the owners. So that was huge. That's a great idea. And I got to tell you that, you know, this is masterminding gang. If you haven't figured it out, we're masterminding right now, which is exactly what you end up doing in the manager's roundtable. And that idea right there, Karen, is golden. I mean, that's I'm I'm my, the bells are going off in my head that that is a really good one where I can differentiate myself from any Brian Feltz out there who are trying to steal market share from me in San Antonio. You know, other than kicking in his door at his office and and like creating a flood to distract him, you know, I got to do something to differentiate myself from Brian. So, in that half-assed piece of humor, I'm going to transition to Brian. So, Brian, if you could. You know, give us a few minutes of your time and tell us kind of what some of the lessons learned with Dave's group. One of the things that I took out of it was Scott had us do a SWOT analysis, you know, strength, mm -hmm. weakness, opportunity, and threats, right? Now, we can all do that individually, 
But when you do it in a group setting, it changes things because now I'm getting feedback on what I perceive and having people challenge, not in a negative way, but why do you feel that's a threat? And when you start actually walking and talking through the things you identify, you may be looking at it with jaded eyes, or you don't realize that one of your strengths might be a weakness. And it was good to have that feedback. I think having a group hold you accountable and challenge you on what you put down, because people go through exercises on their own and they just write what makes them feel good instead of actually tackling the issues. Uh, and Scott's really, he holds you accountable. He does not let you just say something and then move right along. He's going to ask you questions. So you better be able to answer them. So I like that format. I like being held accountable. It's very important for me. And Scott really pushed us on looking at our businesses and opportunities that exist within your business. So don't just manage a property. Why don't you uh, provide insurance and make money off of this? Why don't you maybe look at HOAs going, going basically either vertical or horizontal in the business to add more revenue? So let's dig into that. So when you did your SWOT analysis, and Dave, you were in that group as well, were there anything, anything that jumped out of you, you know, just in the opportunity phase? I mean, when you start talking through that, what do you see as opportunities you know, that you guys talk about in your group? So for me, the two opportunities, because Scott had us do it in the beginning of the group, and then he had you come back at the very end and re-identify and ask you if it had changed, which it did. So I started off as an opportunity of adding a remote team member and adding a BDM. By the end of the group, I have implemented both. I'm in the process as put in a plug in here for Brad. I'm using BizDev Mastermind right now, and we're in the process of interviewing uh, some great candidates, and it's been great. And we also added a, re a remote team member. I got feedback from the group on how to use them because everyone hears how to hire them, but no one knows how to implement it, right? If you don't use a, a company or this and that and the other. So for me, it took a lot of the workload off, and we can start managing the business as a business instead of being in the business. So Dave, you did the same thing and Karen, I'm gonna to get to you with the same question. Uh, what did you see as some opportunities that came out of your group? Yeah, I mean, so from the front end, um, really it was that, that resident benefits package. And that's why it was so crucial for me to get that implemented. Um, I mean, we literally talked through that. I felt like it was only one week, but it probably ended up going into two weeks about how to really optimize it. Um, and you had brought up insurance earlier you know, that wasn't even something on my radar as part of the initial offering on that RBP. And so that was something that Brian's like, hey, you really need to take a second second look at this. Brian, you know, gave me some options there and it was a no brainer, you know? And so by the by the end of that, you know, that was, we, I had two that, that I had really identified. One was trying to get remote team members um, into, you know, the fold for us. And the other one was the resident benefits package. I was able to, to accomplish the RVP. Um, but as far as the ro remote team members, our state is highly restrictive of that. Um, it's a big issue out here. And so I will tell you, we did plug along and make progress because I figured out some ways to live in the gray area. We'll put it that way and, and utilize them and leverage that. You know, that's for me. Um, I think everybody knows it here who's, you know, a top producing property manager. Um, or entrepreneur itself is that trying to offload some of that labor and, and cut that labor cost down or make it more manageable. Um, I think that's really how you're going to be able to stretch your business and, and grow your business. And I, I don't want to plug Todd or Chide, but you know he um, he had a good perspective. I think it was you know in one of our groups talking about like using um, remote team members to create a 24 hour service a day to where somebody could always talk to a member of your, your team. 
by basically finding people in different markets or different areas of the world to continue to work. And I thought that was genius. You know, I read, we all say that you can't, you know, the one commodity you can't get more of is time. And I would actually argue that now that with remote team members, I think Brian actually said this to me too, is that with remote team members, you actually can buy more time because you're just basically stacking those on top of each other. Yeah, a couple of things I want to touch on there. So the resident benefits package, once you had it implemented, uh, it's almost a rhetorical question, but how much pushback did you get from new applicant wannabe tenants when they reviewed that resident benefits package? Um, I had one person decline to apply as a result of it. Um, in less than two months of being on it, we've had close to 80 people move to the package. Um, that's on renewals and new leases. Um, and out of all my renewals, I had one tenant really throw a massive fit and it was sort of a take it or leave it situation for us. So, you know, they, they ended up renewing their lease, signing the package. Um, but I will say not to dive down a rabbit hole is that, um, an order on, on the renewal side of things, we found a way to give them something without just forcing, you know, an X amount dollar resident benefit package down their throat. So we wanted to not just be on the take on that. We wanted them to feel like they were receiving something, which we feel like we did a good job of selling them. Now, interesting tidbit on the remote team member side, uh, RentWorks is now up to 13 remote team members, and we're going to hire one more, an additional biz dev remote team member staff member. And the other side of this I wanted to mention is we had the Snowmageddon, right? This might've been the first time Brian felt has ever seen snow since he's a San Antonio local. So we had a Snowmageddon, right? It was like apocalypse here. The world was ending. We had blackouts. We had you know, snow on the ground. And the blackouts obviously caused some problems because we had a lot of busted pipes. And so our maintenance team, who is mostly stationed in Mexico, they're, they're living in Mexico, they were able to handle that with no issues. They all had full power. They were handling the phones and the emails and making things happen, getting vendors out there, dispatching. And it, when we would have been down and out, they were able to fill that void. And you hear, you'd hear the same story if we were in Florida and you had to evacuate for a hurricane. You know, I remember Todd Breen talking about this years ago where he had to evacuate West Palm Beach to go to Atlanta for almost two weeks because of one of the major hurricanes that came through Florida. And their remote team members who are mostly in the Philippines were able to pick up their business and keep it running. So that was pretty, pretty good stuff there. I really like your input. So where I want to go with this now, gang, is anyone want to mention any sort of like aha moments that are just top of your head burning? Anybody go ahead. Go ahead, Karen. I think our group is, 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 is fun because Deb is really good at challenging us to look at our numbers and to be honest with ourselves. What are we doing that we could improve on? Um, and, and, you know, she'll call us out. Why aren't you doing that? I mean, like, what, what's wrong? Do it. Take that challenge. Um, one of the things that she does, um, and we love it, is she gives us homework every, every, every week. Um, the one she made us pull out our numbers. How many work orders did you have last month? How much money did those work orders produce or invoiced out? And could you have made a profit off of that? And just to have those numbers in front of you and go, damn, she's right. So I love that challenge. Um, but again, she gives us assignments in which make us accountable, which data, Brian, you were talking about. That accountability, I think, is what really challenges us because nobody wants to show up to the next call not having an answer for, for Deb because she's going to call you out. Um, so for me, the accountability um, and just the, sh the sharing, the knowledge that everybody in the group is just so willing to always help each other out. Um, for me, that has been 
phenomenal. And had we not been a pandemic, would we be even having these groups and everybody just getting together like this would be at conferences or be seeing each other somewhere else. But to have the vendors join our calls, to have this just group every two weeks is probably the best ahas that I've had. To follow up with you on that, the accountability was built in. I mean, that was one of the reasons we actually really started this was we wanted to create a, a format to where someone can give you an actual, you know, a little bit of a ribbing and say, hey, come on, you got to do this. You know, that's accountability. We all want it. I mean, it's just like going to a gym. If you don't go to a gym, you can't be held accountable. Now, you also mentioned that we do get guests that come in. Uh, we would take the entire faction of the Marriages Roundtable and create uh, a guest format speaker every month to where they could come in and present. You can see a, a free presentation. It could be a vendor. It could be a, a, an advisor but you did get something from that in most times. I mean, I think there was a pretty good mm -hmm. opportunity and that was an optional thing y'all could do. And I, I know it's, we put that together as kind of a bonus. That way we could introduce you to things that you may need to know about in more detail versus just a one minute blurb in your conversation. So let's go through this for a whole hour. Any others want to make any comments about uh, some of the lessons learned that may have popped up? I mean, I, if I was, I, I feel like I already... I feel like I had kind of shared a, a few of them. I mean, I, the biggest thing for me was, you know, I feel like this is kind of what I always was wanting from NARPM. And I feel like I got it in small doses from NARPM, you know, at, at least at like the small chapter level, not the state chapter level, is that, you know, you're going there with the intent to share. Like, I was never worried about going to any meetings, you know, these meetings included, or even NARPM with people in my own market. I wasn't worried about going and sharing with others because, I felt like what I was going to get back from them, if they were truly open and transparent, would ultimately help us improve the business locally, nationally, you know, for the greater good. And so what I think here is that it was a more vulnerable atmosphere. And so um, I feel like people were really willing to share. Um, and, and it wasn't like, you know, we all shared and didn't get something. I feel like everybody in the group got something that benefited their business. And the crazy thing about the industry that we're in is that we are all set up so different. Like, I don't know anybody who does it a hybrid model quite like mine. Scott does something similar, but it's a little bit different. Brian does something similar. And I think like being able to look around and see, okay, well, here's what he's doing really well. I don't like all of it, but I'm going to take 30% of it. And then I do the same thing with everybody down the line. And, you know, I think that for me, the biggest thing was just being able to have other people that are like-minded. Um, kind of say, Hey, that idea you have, that's been like sort of rolling around for the last couple of months. It is a good idea. Like you need to pursue that. Um, I think Karen said that's was something that, that Deb really encouraged. And honestly, um, Scott did the same. I mean, Scott and I had a ton of conversations offline out of the mastermind where Scott's like, Hey, I really love what you said. Can we kind of jump down the hole with some of my staff members and can you explain how to do it? And for me, like that was a, a gigantic yes. I think that's how the, the industry becomes better. And I just wish there was more of it. Brian, you had something you wanted to say? I was going to jump off what Karen said. Even though there's a pandemic, when the pandemic's over, you know, we used to have just broker owner and national where we all get together. And now PMM con. So you, you talk about three times a year. But what I loved about this format, every two weeks, I'm making my business better, mm -hmm. not having to wait two or three months. So even after this pandemic's over and we can meet in person, I don't see any reason why I would abandon this format because I don't have to wait three months to learn a new idea to go back and implement when I can do it literally every two weeks. And I can come back and I can share my challenges with the group that's gonna give me honest feedback of this is why it failed, this is why it doesn't fail. And then the other part is being able to take the knowledge I have 
that I've learned from people like you and, and other industry leaders. And then I can share because some of the people in our group are in smaller markets that don't do some of the things we do. So we not only get to mastermind as help each other out, but you know, being able to to pass on what you've given to someone else <clears throat> and then have them come back, you know, six weeks and say, Man, that idea you gave me generated all this revenue or I'm I'm less stressed. I get to go home now and I don't have to worry about my phone. It's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Gang, this has been fantastic feedback about the manager's roundtable. Uh, I, I think this is a conversation that everyone's going to want to listen to when they're looking at if this is the right solution for them to jump into the next iteration, which is starting soon. So, you know, act now, but wait, there's more. So just want to make a quick announcement real quick, and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. So the Property Manager Mastermind Conference is happening May 19th, 20th, and 21st. There's a BizDev seminar the afternoon of May 19th, which is Wednesday. We're, ha- we're having this event at the Gaylord Resort in Grapevine, which is Dallas. You know, everybody from Dallas says, oh, it's not Dallas. It's Grapevine. It's Dallas. Okay. It's six minutes from the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. All right. So it's in Dallas, Texas, May 20th and 21st. And if you haven't heard, or if this is news to you, uh, the state of Texas has now removed their mask mandate. So we will be operating the, the conference mask-free. And if you want to wear a mask, feel free. Brian, I recommend you wear a full body mask if possible. So what, what you want to do <laughs> is make sure you register for the conference, gang. Uh, we look forward to seeing you there. And again, my heartfelt thanks for coming on the episode today, giving us some lessons learned. Fantastic discussion. I really appreciate it. And we'll see you guys at the next conference. Look forward to that. All right. Take care, everybody. Thank you. If you are looking to enhance your tenants' moving experience, cut down on phone calls or emails to you or your staff regarding utilities, then you must connect yourself, your team, and your tenants with Citizen Home Solutions. Citizen Home Solutions takes the hassle of utilities off your hands and your tenants. Best of all, we do it for free. Build us into your tenant benefit package. Oh, and start benefiting from our revenue share program. Yes, we pay you a quarterly commission on specific services your tenant opts into. Want to know more? Give us a call today at 877-528-3824 or visit pmcpartner.com. This has been a podcast episode by propertymanagementproductions.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, leave us feedback, and come back for our next episode.